worse, but we bit off more than we could chew. Our subtitles made him say Master Dom. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Master Dom. <laughs> Welcome to Cartoon Tonic. You're giving me some anxiety. You're <laughs> like revving up. <laughs> Got to keep my co-host on their toes. Uh, this is a podcast where we drink and watch cartoons. My name is Brian Duchler. Joining me as always is Miss Kayla and Mr. Josiah. How are you two today? I am very tired. How are you, Josiah? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm going to apologize now for any yawns. I'm going to try and hide them. I don't know how well I'm going to do that. Brian, how I are you? I love how you ask Josiah how he's doing when you guys live with each other. <laughs> like, like this is the, fr- I just like to picture this is the first time you guys talk today. Yeah. I mean, how do you think we keep our marriage strong? He's got his side <laughs> of the apartment. I've got my side. We've been quarantined for months now. It's the only way to survive. That's true. For the, for the listeners, Josiah and Kayla historically hate each other. Yes. It's yeah. Crazy you know, it's just, I mean, we bump into each other like in the bathroom and we're like, shit, you you live here too? Like, <laughs> Gross. They're, oh, okay. Their families have been at war with each other for many generations. It's this whole, <laughs> whole awkward thing. Oh, gosh. Um, how how yes. are you, Brian? I'm fine. That was convincing. Yeah. No, I'm doing really good. Um, I, I could finally talk about it. I got a new job. Mm-hmm. Um, I started, uh, this is my third week on it. Um, I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, Congrats. about that. Thank you. I mean, you guys knew the second I Yeah, got I know. It. I yeah. just wanted to say it officially. <laughs> yeah. Oh, of- yeah. official, official congratulations then. Yeah. I'm officially congratulating you. That's That's been great. Um, I was uh, sick of being furloughed. So I'm like, I'm just going to go try to find a job in the middle of a pandemic and then ended up finding, uh, finding something yeah. great. So that was, uh, was pretty cool. And the other cool thing is my new puppy is currently just asleep in a uh, laundry basket right behind Aww. me, which is, which is pretty cool. Your wife sent me a picture of that earlier, and it just yeah. she's the cutest. She's she the absolute is. cutest. You guys got to meet her yesterday. We uh, mm-hmm. did some safe uh, introductions. That was pretty cool. Yep. She um, had to explore our yard, immediately yeah. found where all the rabbits live. Yep. Yeah. Yep. She's a she's a chill dog. Mm-hmm. Like her. we. We officially submitted her adoption paperwork today, so she is she is our dog. Nice. They can't deny you. They cannot deny. Well, no, because you know it's my wife works at the place, and she did the paper. My wife would have to deny herself, which would be very strange. <laughs> She's like, you know, I don't trust him. <laughs> but, uh, all right. Well, we're gonna get into this uh, today. We are watching uh, the Flintstones. Yeah. The Flintstones. The Flintstones. <laughs> Sorry. And, and Kayla wanted to make sure that everyone knew that I was directly responsible for today's beverage. Yes, especially um, <laughs> after opening the, the bottle that we have that you... This week you delivered to us a strange liquid instead of us sneaking <laughs> onto your porch to deliver the beverage. Yeah. I opened the top to pour it for us and it... It has a pungent smell, and that's probably a good descriptor word, pungent. It's a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> you described this to me before, and it uh, sounds strange. Yeah. Um, so what we're drinking is called Ardbeg. It is a, it is a, it is a single malt scotch. But So in, in the scotch world, there's kind of like, there's two kind of camps, right? There's your, your kind of really peaty... Um, like underlying flavors is like almost like apple juice. So it's sweet, but it has that peat flavor to it. That's one end. And then you have the other end, which is like, like kind of like salt and brine and campfire smoke. And what I would describe as meat. It just has like a strong meat smell to it. I have a feeling that I'm going to be in whatever camp. This one is not. Um, I mean, a meaty scotch. That sounds. And, and, (laughs) I picked, I picked it because, like, I mean, this is the Flintstones. This is supposed to be, you know, prehistoric, and they, they eat giant, you know, like, ribs of, I'm assuming, comes from a dinosaur. Um, and yeah. it and it's, uh, it's called Ardbeg, so we're calling it Ardbeg Rock. So um, Clever. I like it. So I already know what this tastes like. I hate it very much. <laughs> So we're we're doing this strictly for the pun then. There there's gonna be no enjoyment. So there is a cult following for this beverage. I belong to a group on Facebook of 
of whiskey lovers and there is the cult of Ardbeg and there are people that just they have one taste of it and it just snaps in their brain and they get it and they like it. I am not that person. I'm curious if either one of you are. And if you are, you may have the bottle. It is, so it's, it's, for, it's for the pun, but also to get this bottle out of your house so you can replace it with one that you like better. No, it's okay because it might it looks it looks cool in my cabinet. You know, I, I'll I'll keep it for that reason. So oh. so uh, cheers, my friends. I'm I'm interested. Okay, cheers. Cheers. Ooh, I am not that person. Nope. Kayla. Oh my god. Okay, wait. You know what? <laughs> if you take a real small sip and kind of like breathe it in as you do it, it's almost like liquid beef jerky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. I opened the bottle and I took like the tiniest sip. Like I put some on my lips because I was like, this doesn't seem like it's going to go well. And I wanted to know what I was walking myself into. So full disclosure on that. thought I was going to hate it. I didn't have it like actually touch my tongue. I didn't actually like drink any. I just kind of had the, the flavor on my lips, if that makes sense. I don't hate it. Wow. It is. It is very strange. It feels like you're drinking concentrated something liquid smoke not yeah pretty much but it's not it's not terrible it's definitely what i would classify a sipper yeah and not one that i could drink straight i've got a a few you can hear it i've got a few cubes in with it but cold with some cubes i don't hate it this this is my third time having it and it's definitely much better this time than the first two times but uh yeah if you want the bottle kayla it's yours (laughs) It does sit heavy in the stomach. I'll say that, mm-hmm. which is, a, 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 I feel like, a scotchy thing to do. It, it just, um, I like the brine. I like the smoke. What I don't like is that right now when I'm talking to you, I taste like brisket. <laughs> and it's weird. <laughs> it's weirding me out. That's a good call. Yeah, it's got that, uh, every time like I breathe, I can get uh, brisket breath going brisket on. Brisket breath. <laughs> I am uh, pleasantly surprised by that. Hey, this is cool. One one out of three of us uh, enjoyed it on their on their first uh, on their first taste. So I got quite a bit of info on it. Uh, first, what are your guys' uh, experience with the Flintstones? I know it's a pretty classic cartoon. So, I mean, I think this show was a classic cartoon when we were kids. Like this is a yeah, like a throwback. So. I know the Flintstones exist. I know the names of the characters. And I really want a bird whistle on the wall of the house (laughs) to signify when mealtimes are or when work is over. Both of those great options. But as far as anything in specific or memories, I mean, the strongest thing that I have in my head is that they put their saber-toothed tiger out and, at night, and I always felt bad, like they should let their tiger stay inside. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, I don't really have any any strong memories of this show. Me neither. My strongest memories is McDonald's. I'm not going to lie. It was in the 90s <laughs> when when the when they had like live action Flintstones movies. There was like oh, one or two yeah. of them. And yeah. they had just like McDonald's was just like taken over by the Flintstones. They changed us to Rock Donald's and uh, they had like a glass mugs at McDonald's that you could collect. And I remember those and they were really cool. And uh, just recently, when I was at the thrift store, I found and purchased two of them. Really? Uh, yeah. So I, I currently have those uh, in my collection. Nice. That's 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 my experience. Not really the cartoon. <laughs> that's all you took away from it. Nineties <laughs> yeah. McDonald's and cart and toys, collectible hey, toys. Hey. They did go like above and beyond with uh, with merch with uh, the infamous Flintstones chewable vitamins. Uh, that oh, were amazing. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, right? Maybe the that's vitamins. why all of our yeah. memories are terrible is because of the vitamins. <laughs> vitamins? They take your memory? Yeah. I remember fighting with my siblings over the different flavors, and it got to a point where my mom was like, you just get what you get. That's, <laughs> so that's it's always a gamble. That's how they got the microchips in us, was the Flintstones oh, vitamins. Everybody's concerned about them now, but, you know, if you had a Flintstone vitamin, <laughs> you were a Flintstone kid. It was. 10 it million was, strong and growing. It was definitely the purple ones. That's the ones that gave it to you. Know? <laughs> oh. uh, now I'm having a craving for a Flintstone vitamins. I don't know if you guys can really, uh, like, take my flavor palette 
as a good one because I'm enjoying this beverage and I could definitely like just chew on some vitamins right now. So when we uh, when we revisit the Flintstones later on, we'll have to do like a drink with crushed up Flintstones vitamins. <laughs> on the rim or something. <laughs> it's all bad. I'm just going to do that on the rim of this scotch and you just got to drink it together. Mm, beef jerky and vitamin B. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, so I got some info from it, <laughs> from the show. It's created by William Hanna and Joseph Barbera, the legendary creators of Hanna-Barbera Productions. I was going to say Hanna-Barbera. I'm somewhere <laughs> You're else. You're just I'm so sorry. <laughs> Is that them? No, different people. Different people. <laughs> It's a pretty classic cartoon, and this is another one that I feel like probably most people know, but in case you don't, um, the series takes place in a comical version of the Stone Age and follows the Flintstone family and their next-door neighbors, the Rubbles, that are their best friends. Um, it has a kind of sitcom style of uh, storytelling with them and their friends getting into hijinks in a world that's like riddled with uh, features and technologies that resemble uh, mid-20th century suburban America. The show was originally broadcast on ABC from September 30th, 1960 to April 1st, 1966, uh, which is kind of crazy to think about that it only ran for six years. That's definitely not the longest run. I know like they redid like reruns like crazy on mm -hmm. this show, which is probably why I mm -hmm. remember it being on so often. But there's probably like six cartoons that ran in that time too and that's right around baby boom time so there was an entire generation of kids i imagine that this was like one of five six options that you got to watch so oh, i can yeah. see how it could blow up or how it was so big that in the 90s it had like a revival because all those boomers were having their own little kids yes yeah. so hell back then there was like four stations right? i know right? not much so, competition yeah <laughs> They ran for six seasons, totaling 166 episodes, two live-action movies, and there's actually rumors of a uh, a remake of the show with a kind of like more adult version, which would be huh. kind of weird, but uh, you never know. It would be super weird, because yeah. I also remember just like a slight sexist tone to the first yes. yeah. So it'd be like, to me, trying to revive Johnny Bravo without being immediately like canceled. So... It, it was the yeah. classic. It was just a cartoon version of all the sitcoms that were on at the day. You had your your husband that would go out and go bowling with his friends, and then the wife would be at home cooking, cleaning, taking care of the kids, you know, all of, all of that. And uh, they were definitely arm candy for the... Uh, you know, for for the for the husbands, um, I do remember the the live action. Was it uh, was it like Rick Moranis played Barney in the uh, live action movie, or at least uh, one yeah, of them? I think so. Yeah, and uh, John Goodman was John Goodman. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah that was the original one uh, in the nineties. I think it was like ninety four, um, and then they did another in two thousand. Why? I, I don't know. They needed <laughs> another one. Um, I remember not really liking either. Um, I honestly, I didn't like the Flintstones all that much. And it had nothing to do with like the animation or anything like that. Uh, the voice actors are amazing. Uh, one of them is Mel Blanc, who is mm -hmm. like the voice actor. Yeah. yeah. But it's just it follows a sitcom style. And I'm not really a fan of sitcoms. Yeah. Um, mm. Is there a laugh track? Why do I have like memories of a Flintstones laugh track? That's what I'm curious about too. I can't remember if I'm remembering the laugh track just in my head or if it's actually on the show. Uh, so I am, or if it's from eating Flintstone vitamins. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Uh, I am really interested in watching it because I want to see what kind of like influences it had on on modern cartoons mm -hmm. and if there's any that we can like recognize. Now that you mentioned that Mel Blanc did voices in it, I'm guessing he did the voices of like a lot of like the animals in it. Because since you mentioned that, I just remember like like animals being like in their house, like doing chores for them. Like there's a bird that I don't know is like a telephone or something dumb like that, and then the bird would be like, he looks at the camera, and goes, "You think your job's bad?" And like yeah. they just did right. stuff like yeah. that all the time. Uh, so yeah. it's, it's coming back to me a little bit. Yeah, there's a lot of little ones like that. I'm not sure exactly who voiced like little characters, but uh, Mel Blanc was actually Barney. Oh, in it. wow. Cool. Fred was voiced by Alan Reed, who 
uh, is in a lot of older stuff. You might know him if you've watched Lady and the Tramp. He voiced Boris the Russian Wolfhound. <laughs> yeah, that's not one that's sticking it's out in my head. I don't. So. Yeah. <laughs> How weird would it be if I was like, "Oh shit!" Of course he was. <laughs> Boris. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but it was the the first animated series to hold a primetime television slot, and uh, before the Simpsons came along, the Flintstones was the most successful and longest running animated television series in three decades. That's, and then that's like, crazy. Flintstones came out of nowhere with like, I mean, compared to or Simpsons compared to Flintstones, I imagine that the humor is just like completely raunchy and like <laughs> comparing the two, it's like this wholesome slash sexist 1960s cartoon to yeah. Simpsons, which is just like a few steps above having to be on comedy central only. So, Oh, there's some, there's some adult jokes in Flintstones. Is though. there? Yeah. Some, mm. uh, some raunchy things that got passed through that probably shouldn't have. <laughs> it's kind of surprising. I mean, if it's on in the, the 60s, if they're allowing some things to go by. But I don't know. Maybe it isn't as surprising. I know my mom's sense of humor, so it probably tracks a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Mom. Um, I got quite a bit of weird, interesting facts, if you guys want to hear them. Bring it on. Duh. The uh, the words meet the Flintstones actually wasn't introduced until the third season. Uh, really? Yeah. The first few seasons actually just had instrumental music called Rise and Shine over the animation. Hmm. In my head, I was like, the first few just has Flintstones. Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that do time. Flintstones. <laughs> no, like that whole like intro. Just... <laughs> They're like, what do we put here? Thinking very, very literally. <laughs> like they just took out the, the, mu- the Flintstones part. The music, the musical director is like, Flintstones. <laughs> I just we're on a deadline. Just ship it. <laughs> I, was, I was in my head immediately. Flintstones. Blank. Yeah, but every time. <laughs> Kayla, I think you think you've had too much meat water to drink. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so uh, Jackie Gleason considered suing Hanna-Barbera, and there were obvious similarities between the Flintstones and the old uh, sitcom The Honeymooners. If you don't know The Honeymooners, it's that show that created the really horrible catchphrase, Pow! um, Straight to the moon! Yep, bang, Uh. zoom, straight to the moon, (laughs) uh, referring to beating his wife. Yeah. Yeah, so... He's gonna sue somebody, <laughs> yeah. And Listen. the only reason he didn't is because he didn't want to be known as the guy to take Fred Flintstone off the air and like ruin his image, which is hilarious. <laughs> I'll be my wife, but uh, yeah, I'm not gonna step on the toes of Fred <laughs> Flintstone, an imaginary cartoon character. Oh, the 60s were a wild ride, huh? Yeah, <laughs> big yikes, spousal abuse, <laughs> big yikes. Flintstones, the Flintstones was originally aimed at adults, and the first two seasons were actually co-sponsored by Winston Cigarettes. Of course. (laughs) With uh, Fred and Barney actually appearing in some Winston Cigarette commercials and even lighting up a few Winston Cigarettes in the early seasons of the show. This is some Mad Men shit here. Come on. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> One of these days, <laughs> straight to the moon. The commercials are online and they're super weird. Uh, oh, hey, Fred, it's Joe Camel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, this one's pretty on topic. So, sorry, I'm like, I'm so in a different world where they're all smoking and somebody is just. Flintstones constantly, and there's really <laughs> shitty music and cigarettes. And people are beating people. I'm just off the wall. I can't. Yeah. I got brisket brain. I don't know. (laughs) So obviously there's some cringeworthy dated moments. I'm curious if we're going to find any in the episode that we go to watch. But there were some progressive moments in the show. It was the first animated American show to depict two people of the opposite sex sleeping in the same bed, which doesn't sound like much, but was a big deal at the time. Was um, it done in like a jokey way or like an, ew, we woke up next to each other, I wonder. I, yeah, I don't know the exact, but I think they, they probably just switched over to like showing them 
in the same bed, huh? Hmm. But it was also one of the first shows to openly talk about the struggles of infertility, uh, showing Barney and Betty struggle with naturally conceiving a child and later on uh, getting Bam Bam by wishing upon a star. But they actually go as far as to show like the struggles with legal hoops that they need to jump through in order to like uh, attain custody of Bam Bam. Like, really? Yeah, to the point Bam where... Is, so he's, like, adopted or, like, they... Well, he shows up at, like, their doorstep or something, but then they actually have to do stuff in order to make him his kid. And it gets to the point where, like, he's so frustrated that he wants to kill himself. What? Like, yeah, it's a little messed Holy up. Holy shit. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy. Jiminy Cricket 60s, what the heck? <laughs> right. I'm like wow. floored by that because we're, you know, we're joking about them smoking cigarettes and forgetting meet the Flintstones. That's like a heavy topic to to just be like in yeah. a cartoon. That's got me interested in actually watching the show and not just making fun of it relentlessly. <laughs> uh, the last one that I got is the Flintstones was the first show to actually create a new character after years of being on air in order to boost views. Eventually, shows started to do this regularly and it became kind of like a television cliche with like even the simpsons yeah. poking fun of it uh with like the poochie episode yeah. i don't know if you remember that brian oh yeah oh yeah i, like I think I, re I think i remember in the flintstones that's when they introduced urkel and then urkel got his own spin-off right that's the same series that I'm yeah, thinking that's of. The, the origin of urkel that's how urkel was created yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, okay <laughs> cool got it it's actually the great kazoo which is the the episode that i picked is that oh my god, didn't Robin Williams Alien play thing? the Great Kazoo, didn't he? In the live action, things are coming back to me. <laughs> in the live action? I hope you're I, right, he, otherwise he you're excited over nothing. I think he did. Did I just like fever dream this? Well, he's, <laughs> Maybe. he's like he's like Mork from Mork and Mindy, were you thinking? He's an alien, but I don't think he's a Great Kazoo. Oh, it was, it was <laughs> no, I was way off. It was uh, Alan Cumming was the great kazoo. <laughs> I, I was way off. Yeah, I don't have many memories of the great kazoo, which is kind of why I picked this episode. Uh, the episode that we're watching is season six, episode seven called The Great Kazoo, hmm. which is like the introduction of them. It's one of the fan favorites, but I don't remember him that much. I remember him like snippets of him kind of being a dick but uh i think i have a memory of like a ufo crash because they always did that right like it wasn't i don't know if this is correct or not but in my head there was a ufo crash and that's how he shows up but that was kind of an alien cliche where you found a crashed ship why are, why are they all really bad at driving i don't know it's a weird thing there is there is a fan theory that the flintstones actually takes place after the jetsons like in the oh. Jetsons universe, there was like a, like a big, I don't know, like nuclear, nuclear holocaust or something. And then, <laughs> and then and then everyone goes back to the Stone Ages. Just a lighthearted show, folks, where we drink and watch cartoons. <laughs> no normal stuff. Maybe that's how they end the series. And our listeners can find this episode. Uh, it is for purchase on Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, but there is a free trial for Boomerang going on right now. Again, not a sponsor. Yeah. All right. So please join us after this break where we are going to discuss further the Flintstones. Winston is the one filter cigarette that delivers flavor 20 times a pack. Winston's got that filter flavor. Yeah, Fred. And we're back, guys. Um, I'm going to remind remind my host that we do have a section that is specifically for reviewing, which <laughs> which comes up after this segment, where, where we, without any bias or you know inclination of how we felt of the episode, we just talk about it for a little bit. I think we can do it. Anyways, I'll start. This sucked, fucking dick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I. It's it's another DuckTales for for fans of the show. Well, um, it's a DuckTales because I'm annoyed, but it, it's not a DuckTales in that it's a surprise. Like, I didn't remember DuckTales being the way... If you haven't see, listened to our DuckTales episode, get a drink, settle up, go go listen to that. This was, like, unfortunately exactly what you were expecting and yeah. so heavy-handed. It was problematic. 
I was yes. I was hoping that this was like the introductory episode to the Great Kazoo. I was hoping that it was going to be something different and kind of off the wall, introducing an alien character. But um, no, it was just no. we lie to our wives who have to beg us to go do other human things because we hold. Okay, hold on. <laughs> So the episode starts. How would we like to? Well, we should probably just do the walkthrough of the episode in brief, right? I I don't I don't think I want to walk through it per se. I just you know okay. So I explained earlier in the episode that uh, it, it's just it's a cartoon version of sitcoms of that time period, right? Right. Yeah. And it's really important for our listeners to know, <clears throat> and I think a lot of our listeners are around the same age that we are. We grew up in a time where sitcoms had strong moms. That was the sitcoms we grew up with. You know, there was if if the mom was wasn't uh, wasn't sassy or feisty, she was strong mom. Those were the sitcoms that we grew up and loved. Right. This yeah. is just very much of the time period where you know it's that old like oh the old ball and chain, and that's supposed to be humor. You know, yeah. and yeah. it's not for us. Really, it's not. It's because it's not funny. No. That's why it's not humor. It's it's degrading and um, very much portrays women as a lesser class of person. Like they even made the the women are just those clucking chickens joke in this by the alien literally turning Betty and Wilma into clucking hens. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's a sixties sitcom with the the wife who was the homemaker who wasn't appreciated and was very much treated like a nag in how dare right. you want to go to a restaurant or go do anything. And my favorite part of the episode was where Wilma apologizes for wanting to go to a nice restaurant. Yeah. So it's literally literally wraps up. We should give some kind of walkthrough and overthrow of the episode just for A, continuity's sake, and B, so people know why we're so gosh darn annoyed right now. Fair um, enough. L literally starts out with Wilma, who is the wife of Fred, making him this giant breakfast of pancakes the size of uh, you know a table and whatever else and then his initial reaction was uh which is the v like even before the opening credits was oh what did you do and then he like breaks the fourth wall and looks at the camera and says like either i'm in trouble she wrecked the car or she wants something and yeah. like she's talking in the background and he's not listening to her and then it kind of she her voice kind of pops and it goes well there's this new restaurant and, she, and he goes oh we found it she wants something that was the joke. <laughs> that was yeah, the joke. And it's made even more uncomfortable by there are laugh tracks. They they throw in laugh tracks yeah. and little little jabs like that, little like awkward and uncomfortable moments, and it's just off putting. I Yeah. If you're if you're a fan of the Flintstones or you really remember like liking the Flintstones, I seriously, I challenge you to go back and watch it because it's probably a lot different than you remember. Yeah. Fred, Fred is every old person that Josiah and I have worked with in our entire lives. That's always like women, huh? That's Fred. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, uh, I mean, I've also worked with those people <laughs> and I'm going to say that it's, it's a different experience as, as a, as a woman. So it was very uncomfortable. This whole thing was yep. very uncomfortable. So they, so, yeah. they continue and Barney and Fred, I think are on their way to work and they're talking about how their wives were nagging them to want to go to this fancy restaurant and they spot a uh, UFO dropping out of the sky. And stop yeah. just in time to not get hit by the UFO. And they release the alien from inside the UFO by following some condescending instructions and pushing a button. Now press the orange button and stand back. Right. Stand back, Barney. Alien pops out. It's the Great Kazoo. And that's how they meet him. <laughs> it turns out that he was from is from the future and was sent to the past because he made a a button that would literally destroy all of the world and used it as a status symbol in his neighborhood so as punishment he was sent back in time and he has to serve the first dum-dums as he says 
that released him from his alien time ship. Also, yep. he's a he's a dick. He is. He's, he's a bit just of a dick. A, he's just as big of a, a dick that I remember. Like yeah. uh, very he's condescending, kind of like monkey paw kind of dick. He's not kind of yeah. like a I'm just gonna be an asshole to you for no reason kind of thing. That's true. So they quickly discover that he can just magically give them stuff, like whatever they want, and they ask him for, and it appears. And while they're doing that, there's like this police officer that shows up and they have this interesting conversation with the police officer trying to explain how they have all of these goods in the middle of a road. And then they wish for the stuff to go away. And then Kazoo kind of just picks on the police officer by making his uh, bike disappear, which made me giggle. (laughs) I'm not ashamed to say. And I think, what does it pick back up when they're back at home and they've decided now that they have an alien that they'll take their wives to dinner? Like, is that yeah, how this yeah, is? yeah, that's that's the plot. They, <laughs> that's pretty much how it's been. They, yeah, they now have an alien. Let's go to this uh, French restaurant that somehow exists in the Stone Age. You mm-hmm. know, um, and and that's where that scene pops up of they're trying to describe Gazoo to uh, to the wives, and the wives are like we don't believe you, and then they walk away and they get turned into clucking chickens. But like they get Gazoo to give them like dresses and gift boxes to give to the wives. And the wives who are like just instantly turn into drooling idiots at the at the mere sight of a present from their husbands, which was mm-hmm. really uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, because like, it's not. Maybe this is more review territory, but it's not done in like a, a teamwork. We're building a house. Yes, you work outside the home. I am the homemaker. We're equal partners, if not one hundred percent on both sides. We're making choices. It's very much like makes the wife characters look stupid and like children like you would just have arm candy children which is creepy and gross and i hate it thanks yeah i hate it so they yeah i don't know again (laughs) we grew up with we grew up with sitcoms and cartoons that were dumb dads and strong moms i don't know maybe in you know 40 50 years when we go back and watch that we're like oh it's real bad how they treated dads back then or something i don't know but that's the kind of stuff that I like and that I grew up with. And at least it's not like uncomfortable like like this was. But so anyways, they go to this this somehow French restaurant with the French waiter and they order the most expensive foods and they're just really treating their wives nicely. And then I guess that's the, the main point of the episode is like Kazoo just doesn't show up to give them 200 uh, Stonewall Jacksons, as I called it, which is yep. a joke that yeah. I appreciated. I think that was legitimately the the only joke, the only pun that like had us all laugh. That we giggled that instead of yeah. like, oh, my pal Stonewall Jackson on his twenty just made him for us. There was there was one more. There was one more. They they didn't have any money to pay for the meal because Kazoo didn't show up. So they go and they try to dine and dash basically, and the waiter loses his French accent. Yes. <laughs> right. And the uh and and Wilma goes like, "Where's your accent going?" He goes, "That's for paying customers." And I'm just like, "Okay, that's a pretty good joke. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, that that's not good. bad." But yes. like literally the only fucking time in the entire episode that there was something that was like laughable, that and Stonewall Jackson. That was mm-hmm. it. That was yeah. fucking it. Especially for an episode that this is re- sounding like a review, but they introduced a new character to breathe life into the show that's this magical alien that could make things appear and they somehow didn't make it funny they just made him a dick yeah <laughs> you know? so it's a good point and then uh, you know they have to wash dishes and then they go home and the wives are mad at them and then like kayla said earlier in the episode the uh, the wilma just like no it's our fault for all these events that just transpired well, it's not even just that they wash dishes they start washing dishes and the wives show back up when they're washing dishes and they go don't even start with us we're gonna be here all night washing dishes and they're really grumpy about it and they're like hey we use the vacation money that we've been saving in the jar so that you don't have to wash dishes anymore so we can all go home now like I'll explain why that was annoying in our review. But they, yeah, so they they get them to even stop washing dishes. They don't have to wash dishes anymore. The meal is paid for. And then they go back home and Wilma is like, no, no, it's my fault because I shouldn't have pressed so much for you to take us to a nice place. I should have not done that. It's my fault. And Fred was basically like, it was. And then the alien turns the lights off turns him back on he's got flowers turns lights off again and they make a joke about them 
boinking and that's the end of the episode yeah, yeah. oh uncomfortable it was very uncomfortable so uh i i don't like sitcoms they're supposed to be a comedy and most of the time that means like an exaggeration on like a traditional conversation or a traditional way people communicate right so i definitely don't like this version of that and i still outside of that have a problem with most um stereotypical sitcoms like this so you were right i was hoping that because there was an alien it wouldn't be so icky but this was very icky i did not like it and the review is going to be lots of fun (laughs) it's gonna it's gonna be rough on all fronts yeah and i honestly like that's literally it like there's yeah. there's there's nothing else there that there's no jokes there was no there was there was nothing to it it was kind of just empty mm-hmm. and you know i know there's a lot of people that you know really really like this show or maybe have fond memories of it i agree with sia said earlier go back and watch it and see if it still makes you laugh and if it does maybe go talk to a marriage counselor cuz <laughs> Um, cause she, cause you got some problems, you know? So this was probably the shortest synopsis we ever done. Is there anything else you want to cover before we go on a quick break? Uh, fuck the Flintstones. <laughs> not, not really. <laughs> no. All right. Please join us after this break where we are going to give our review of the Flintstones and, uh, play a little game. Time to choose a Flintstones vitamin, Chris. Mm, I'll take Barney. And we're back. Mm-hmm. Ooh, had a time to, you know, de-escalate a little bit. You know, just... Who de-escalated? Uh, <laughs> I'm lulling our listeners into a false sense of security there. <laughs> they can feel the rage <laughs> brewing, I think. Oh, uh, so as we do on this uh, on this podcast, we like to review the cartoon that we just watched. Our never-changing scale today is going to be zero to five little red cleverly hidden buttons. Um, That's going to be the scale. (laughs) Uh, There were tiny cleverly hidden buttons on the alien ship that released him from um, his his ship prison. But also tiny buttons that ruined the world. They existed too. So Yeah, yeah, I'll go Mm -hmm. with that one. I am of course. Of course, gonna keep Kayla for last. Um, uh, I, I'll, I'll go first. Um, this wasn't good. <laughs> End. <laughs> I I'm not gonna go into everything that we already just discussed or uh, the things that Kayla is about to really discuss during her review. I don't know what you're talking about. I am just gonna like putting all of that aside. Just, just putting that aside, there was no comedy in this. There, there was no, there, there was, there was only maybe two jokes. Everything else was situational humor that, in of itself, is not particularly funny. You know, it, it's yeah. they're just expecting their audiences to laugh at the idea of being married and women wanting things. There, there's nothing to it. There's no. You know how like when we've watched cartoons and there was just like you can feel the passion in it. You can feel like the writers really mm-hmm. loving what they do and they just put their 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 genius into the script and the voice actors love it and they go all ham on it. And you just you get this product out of it that's like you can just feel it. It's awesome. It, it makes you laugh. It makes you feel, you know, we've had cartoons that made us have a wide range of emotions Mm -hmm. not just funny this didn't do any of that at all yeah and that's just not gonna give you a good rating for me if you don't make me if you don't make me feel anything besides just anger which was not their intention it's not gonna get a rating there's a couple things I will say, like in the positive, like despite it being a pretty old cartoon, it doesn't look terrible. You can see the animation tricks that they do to save money, you know, the the scrolling, repeating background and stuff like that. Like, yeah, you know, I, I get that. It doesn't look terrible for its age. I thought that uh, the Barney character was OK. Even him during that car ride with Fred was like, well, you know, they don't really ask for much. Like he was even like, hey, maybe we should do something for our wives. And 
it was Mel Blanc, and it just reminded me of like him playing like the spoof of like Lenny from of Mice of Men in uh in oh, the Looney Tunes. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. like no, hey, what what's a wabbit, George? Like it just it made me think of that. And then uh the Stonewall Jackson and the uh the French accent, those are the only two f- things that I found funny in mm-hmm. this episode. That is not enough. Uh at all. Yeah. Um so I'm going man, based on what I saw I'm giving it zero cleverly hidden red buttons. I'm just going to pretend like I've never once have found this cleverly hidden red button. Like maybe don't even know that this cleverly hidden red button even exists. Um, So Gazoo would have just suffocated if you came across (laughs) it. I I just, I'm based on what I saw. I'm I'm not, I'm giving it a zero. Big Mm -hmm. fat zero. Yeah. Zaya. You know, I went into this already not really liking the Flintstones, but I I wanted to try to view it from a perspective of like, okay, I want to see how it inspired others. I want to see like how this show could have evolved into something else. And right away, uh, the laugh tracks are really off-putting, especially in the areas considering there's basically nothing funny about the episode. But I can I can appreciate how it might have inspired other animators to create something better because something better definitely needed to be. <laughs> um, and just trying at all would make it better. So right, just doing anything. Um, yeah, and it's honestly it's so off putting. Like the the jokes, the conversations, and stuff throughout that it just it saps you out of any kind of enjoyment that you want. I mean, if this sounds like a rough review or a rough recap of the episode, it's because it is, it's hard to, I I wanted to leave the room while we were watching this. So yeah, I, I award, uh, no buttons (laughs) and, uh, yep. It was, it was pretty awful. Yeah. So again, not as, uh, shocking as, DuckTales was for me. Uh, DuckTales was like out of nowhere. Like, where the hell is this coming from? This seemed part for the course because, like I, I've already said, I'm not a big fan of sitcoms. And even the sitcoms from our age, I'm not a big fan of because instead of making the wife to be like, oh, she cooks and cleans and she's pretty and, and oh, isn't she cute? She has human needs and wants things. Our age of sitcoms does this thing where it makes it so that the woman is mom to the husband pretty often too and that gets under my skin nearly nearly as much as what happened in in Flintstones does it makes it um so that a lot of the times the the strong mom is also taking care of the home and she might have a job outside of the house but she's also still responsible for cooking and cleaning and taking care of everything and the kids and oh the dopey dad did something stupid again that gets under my skin too so those ones don't get a pass. And for me, it's not one is like how wrong everything is and one is a do better. To me, they're they're both on the same shitty coin. It's both same side shitty coin, garbage coin. Don't like the coin. <laughs> um, outside of the things that were cringeworthy and wrong in the episode about the, the girls going gaga over receiving one present and how cute and stupid and funny that was supposed to be, I don't think the animation was very good at all. They constantly didn't have like a perspective, like humans were varying sizes regardless of the plane that they were on. And I didn't appreciate that. The laugh track was terrible. (laughs) The colors were muted. I didn't get to see the saber tooth tiger. Uh, um, All in all, zero buttons. This show is so far away from any buttons. It's just... I very much dislike the Flintstones. It was terrible. (laughs) I never want to meet the Flintstones. And I'm upset that I ever ate their vitamins because kind of fuck them. I I just, it's, it's crazy. Like I think in my head, I'm comparing it to two things, something that came out around the same time. So take Mm -hmm. it and compare it to the Looney Tunes. Mm -hmm. 
how much we gushed over that episode of the Looney Tunes because again of that passion that they put into it, the crazy art that they did, the yep. the, the tricks with the voices, just all of this, and then compare it to something a little more modern, like maybe that we grew up with, with like The Simpsons, mm-hmm. and it's like that's got like you know a joke every twenty seconds. It's just and it's cleverly written, and mm-hmm. you know, it just c- compare it to anything, it, it's just not there. So we we clearly didn't like it. That's not to take away from, you know, maybe some of the legacy of it, maybe some things that it inspired. But what it did inspire me to come up with was a little bit of a game for you guys. Kind of along the same lines of like lazy writing and that they just like <laughs> they just rename things and like just put like something vaguely prehistoric in it. So a lot of times they'll just be like, Oh, let's go to this fast food restaurant called Rock Donald's or, yes. <laughs> you know, or, uh, you know, oh, in the movie, we're going to Rock Vegas because very clever. I thought maybe we could be more clever than the writers of the Flintstone. So I challenge you guys to come up with a Flintstone version of a person, a place and a thing and use it in a sentence if you could. So if you would like um, to give you guys some time to think about that, I will go first. Um, I'm just going to I'm just going to pretend like we're just having a natural conversation, if you will. So um, you got one. Yeah, I got. So um, so my oldest daughter, uh, she's uh, getting getting up there now. She's going to be four soon. And then shortly after that, uh, she'll be going to uh, sedimentary school. Uh, I'm pretty looking forward to that. <laughs> sedimentary. Uh I'm really looking forward to when she's able to go to school and maybe I can get some free time, uh, catch up on some TV, maybe rewatch my favorite television show, Community. You guys know Community, right? It uh, stars uh, Joel McShale um, as Jeff Winger. <laughs> Shale is, Very good. Shale is a kind of... Yeah, kind of, uh, kind no, of trust me. Oh, you wait. You just wait. <laughs> Maybe when I'm watching that, I can finally enjoy my favorite snack, which is a big bag of uh, basalt and vinegar chips. Uh, Very good. Very good. Very good. Thanks, guys. So, you know. (laughs) Already better than the Flintstones. Yeah. All all I've proven today was that I could have wrote for a very sexist 60 sitcom. (laughs) You got stone puns? You're in. (laughs) You got Roxy, kid. <laughs> you got Roxy. <laughs> oh, God. A plus, Kayla. A plus. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, I'm going to save Kayla for last because you're very excited. You know, so, Josiah. That's also on par with our episode where women were already second class citizens. So, yeah, Josiah, why don't you go oh next God. and I'll follow up with last. I was just going to say, I'm just, as it, Josiah's trying to talk, so maybe just be seen, not heard, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I will bury you. I know you will. (laughs) So I wrote mine in the perspective of how I wanted to see an actual episode being made, uh, which is far different than this. I would have had uh, Tricera ZZ Tops (laughs) uh, be the featuring band. (laughs) And uh, they would play a set at uh, Balsa Woodstock. Also Woodstock. For uh, performing on their stage with Fender Stegosaurocasters <laughs> guitars. <laughs> that one was a stretch, I admit it. <laughs> Playing their hit song, Like a Limestone Cowboy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Which, don't write in, I know that's not a ZZ Top song. <laughs> Also playing with Brian them. looks disappointed. Uh, also, also playing with them, uh, Led Zeppelin, because that just still works. <laughs> it does. Okay. Are you ready? Go for it. I have never been more ready. <laughs> so I wrote mine a little bit like you're stepping into a story. Maybe it's the second or third chapter of a book. So, you know, just to set the scene. It was a dark and stormy evening in Paris when I returned to the Hotel Rocks after a long day in in the field studying the latest geological site. I ducked into the hotel bar and sat at the counter. Just then, a gravelly-voiced bartender asked me what I'd like to drink. I'm not sure, I said, glancing at a sign for a Palma granite martini. 
Anything but a mudslide, I continued after clocking the daily special sign. How about a scotch on the rocks, he said. <laughs> Too expensive, I replied. My meager salary was pebbles. No way I could shell out for anything on top shelf. <laughs> Don't worry. It's on shale, he said, grabbing a bottle of Johnny Rocker and beginning to pour. I was entertained at his forward approach, but not shocked. Even with all my faults, us geologists did indeed rock, as the saying went, and I was used to being quartered. <laughs> as of reading my face, he quickly said, you'll have to forgive my bolder nature. Since the rock slide took my family, I seem to have lost my touch for the softer sediments. Oh my God. He gracefully slid the heavy-handed pour to me. What's your name? I asked. Break a brick rockerbach. <laughs> he said. And yours? I knew then that that evening, my bed would rock. Oh my God. Um, I invented this game, so I feel like I should be able to declare a winner. <laughs> uh, it's Kayla. Kayla, you win. My 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 game was. To pick a person, a place, and a thing, and and Flintstoneize it. You wrote a fucking like short story. She's just writing and frantically giggling. <laughs> so I know it was gonna be good. Jesus, your prize is uh, the rest of the bottle of Ardbeg. So congratulations! Yeah, I'm so glad I actually liked it. I had a lot of fun writing that. Did you catch who the person actually was, though? Because I was having a hard time was, figuring out the name. Was it a Burt Bacharach? No, it's Break a Brick Rocker Batch. Is that a person? Benedict Cumberbatch? Yeah, it's Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Break a Brick Rocker Batch? <laughs> Brian is so disappointed in me right now. I love I loved him in Sure Rock Holmes. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh my god. Oh. We, got, we have to end this episode. <laughs> oh. I Kayla, really that, enjoyed my Kayla, own line. Quartet, come on. Quartz, that, that you get good. it? Oh. Even like your little like hidden ones like top shelf. I like that mm -hmm. too. I Thanks. Yeah, that was yeah. that was the super The faults that geologists fault. can have. That was super fucking clever. <laughs> super clever. Um let's uh Jeez. After this episode comes out, let's put that on the Facebook page. I, I loved it so much. I think everyone needs to be able to read it because it was amazing. Wow. That uh, that almost made up for the terrible, terrible half hour of sexism that we watched. <laughs> Kayla, that was great. I think we should let you, you speak more often. <laughs> yeah, you know, slowly pioneering writing rights for uh, women everywhere yeah. who... Should probably just be seen and not heard. But, you know, maybe I can just be a ghostwriter for somebody and they can have my bylines. Oh. Listen, I promise it's going to happen soon. It's only 2020. It's, <laughs> we're just not quite there yet. <laughs> oh, oh. Jesus. Uh, wow. On that note, Saya, how's Grace Note doing? Grace Note's doing okay. If you feel like checking out Metalwork stuff, go to gracenoteforge at, at youtube.com. I'm doing a... I'm still recovering <laughs> from all the puns and sexism that happened. Uh, yeah, Flintstones is basically just puns and sexism, so that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, puns and sexism, the Brian Deutschler story. <laughs> no. If you would like to follow us or hear more about puns and sexism or any of the other episodes that we watched that we didn't rate so poorly, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's Cartoon Tonic Podcast at all three. Um, we also have a Gmail. It's cartoontonicpodcast at gmail.com that you can send us your love and your hate and your glorious rock puns that I will definitely <laughs> enjoy reading. And if you're over on Twitter, make sure you give a shout out to our new social media manager over there, Miss Macy. Just say hi. I'm sure she'll appreciate it. She's a lovely person. Yeah. Gabba dabba bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Careful, clumsy. You're not planting potatoes, you know. <laughs> That's clearly Robin Williams. <laughs> At Cartoon Tonic, we drink responsibly and hope you do too. Thanks for listening.